is loving Jesus more than religion. When Mervyn, I sit at the, on uh, our chairs back there, um, I'm going to talk about the meet and eat ministry, but then I want to get on to the difference between Jesus and religion, and I hope you find this meaningful and uh, perhaps confronting and that it makes you think very carefully about why we are here. The first reading I've chosen is Psalm 23. Now, we all know Psalm 23 very well from, um, from our past, I suppose. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When I was a child growing up, I couldn't work out why we wouldn't want Jesus. But, of course, it doesn't mean that, does it? I shall not be in want. But this translation I help, I, I've chosen because it really talks about the relationship we can have with our great God. The Lord, together, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I've always had more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and resolves my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honour to his name. Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Your authority is in my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of your until my cup overflows. So why would I fear the future? Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. We also have another reading uh, today, and it's written in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And it reminds us once again that it's all about Jesus, all about God and his gifts undeserved gift that we receive. We always get caught up in what we can do <laughs> to earn God's love. But this makes it clear. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Well, good morning, everybody. It's my pleasure to sit here with Peter and to see if we can extract from him some of God's wisdom, <laughs> which God's planted in him. Um, but before we do that, uh, let's pray, shall we? Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together as your body, to hear your word, to experience your love, to receive your Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, that as Peter shares this morning, that you would... Um, Bless him that the words he speaks would be your words 
and that you would touch us and you would motivate us and send us out the way you would have us go. So bless this time together in your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So Peter, welcome to the hot seat. Um, We've had this before many times um, and we know you're going to talk about meat and eat. For those of you that don't know, Peter is the cook, the chef, the... The, the gastronomia, that's the word, um, of meat and eat, and does a fantastic job there. And so we will not restrict him about talking about that. So, Peter. Just before I do move, those children, what are you, what are you guys doing down there? What are you drawing about? Fish and bread. Yeah. A picnic, well, that's right, when Jesus had a huge picnic when he fed 5,000 people, isn't it wonderful that you people are already realising that God provides for you and that he cares for you? Now, this is an article I wrote for a Lutheran forum online and it takes 45 minutes, so you better... No, actually, I've cut it down to four, so I've left some of the good bits out. I saw it in his eyes, the sadness, but more than that, the despair, the sense of hopelessness. He was standing at the servery about to get his bowl of minestrone. It had crossed my mind that these people should be grateful for what they were getting, a free feed. Not only soup, but a main course and sometimes dessert, muffins and bread their clothes washed and folded as well as entertainment. Brilliant guitarist, a la Chris. Competent pianist. A teenager, morbidly shy, broken before his time, called to sing along. And when he does, not wanting to stop. But that look changed everything. How dare I expect him to be grateful? with my lifestyle, comfortable, enough funds to play golf, loving friendships, the joy and peace of knowing Jesus, blessed beyond measure. Of course, not all our guests are in despair or even in poverty, but the two curses of old age, as I see it, boredom and loneliness, especially loneliness, are somewhat relieved, even if it is for a couple of hours on a Monday night. People come and go offering advice from an itinerant pastor. I want to preach to these people that if they don't repent, they're all going to hell. My reply, not on my watch, you're not. Then I'll go to your spiritual leader. That's Roz. Again, you're not going to do that. Or let's get them our guests to do Alpha. Well, that's, of course, in the Christian faith, perhaps, if if invited to do so. What then, to my amazement and utter joy, to find many of our guests are embracing Jesus themselves, talking about him as they slurp their soup, sharing videos and tapes and books about the faith. I might add here that Ian Hutchison is now giving a short Bible story every two or three weeks, and they're loving it. We have a number of our Good Shepherd members who sit and eat with our guests, listening to their stories, sometimes their joys, more often their sorrows, leading them to prayer when they desire it. 
So I like to think we bring them out of the cold from their cars, which in some cases are their homes, into the warmth of our hall for a meal, and with each other together, with those of us privileged to serve our guests with compassion, they meet Jesus and get to know him. Because when it all is said and done, this is Father's ministry, divinely commissioned in a Mount Gambier church, a prophetic utterance to Barry and Ros O'Donoghue, you will feed my people. That was 14 years ago. I might just add Ros is in Mount Gambier this very day. Oh, let, let me backtrack. When the pastor announced that, he pointed and Ros looked around her to see who he was talking to and Peter, her son, dug her in the ribs and said, Mum, he's talking to you. That same Peter is being ordained as a, as a pastor in the church in Mount Gambia this very moment. Good Shepherd takes care of our expenses, but the majority of the meat, veg and fruit, as well as dessert indulgences, come from Pathway, the food distribution point of... Oops. ..of Clovercrest Baptist, just up the road, who lavish us with such abundance that I often tell them not to give me any more. They receive their bounty mainly from Coles, Costco and Aldi, food nearby use date and then fro frozen for further use. When the gravy isn't quite thick enough and the cabbage is slightly overcooked, Knowing that father wants me in the kitchen with a team of helpers buzzing around making it all happen fills me with great joy even better than holding a long putt. So I just heard you mentioning golf. This is you've got a couple of passions here, haven't you? One is meat and eat and and golf, at your age, you're still able to hobble around? Well, I'm only <laughs> 75. Oh, well, OK. Um, yes, I love the game. It's, it, the mental aspect and everything else is just... It just thrills me to the core, but more particularly, it gives me an opportunity to witness to the people I play with. So how does that happen? Well, I don't swear when I miss a putt. You sure? <laughs> Well, quietly anyway. Oh well, no, I've I've learnt not to. But more particularly, it's about what people say to me out of the blue. For example, you remember years ago when we cleaned the church? Who cleaned the church? Help! Yes, it was a third. We Deb Wesling and I used to do it on a Thursday before Twilight Comp at uh, Hyacombe. And one day they were waiting for me. Weck, where have you been? You're late. Oh, I've been cleaning the church. Oh, well, we haven't got a hope, have we? You know, religious thinking, God is on your side, you'll witness. And I said to them, when it comes to golf, God has told me you're on your own. <laughs> Which isn't, can, can never strictly be true, but he doesn't make me win all the time. How boring would that be? Um, second story... Out of the blue, not even talking anything about it, a friend of mine who's an agnostic said to me, Weck, I don't think all Christians are perfect. No, you're wrong. He thought I was going to say, 
Of course we are. No. I said, none are perfect. And I was able to share a few thoughts about that. But the one I want to sort of continue with is having a drink after golf. Someone said, Weck, you're religious, aren't you? Oh, no, no, heavens no. Another Peter denial? Does it come with the name? No, I said, no, I'm a Christian. Unfortunately, that sort of went over the top. So would you like to just explain what that means? You're not religious, but you are Christian. You want to talk about that? What, right now? Right now would be good. <laughs> um, this in my notes. I like uh, doing that. It's, it's coming from right. my heart Hang now. on. Uh, let me see. Well, this is the point... This is the point I really want to make, that people think if you ask a lot of people in the street, even perhaps some people here, religion and Christian is the same thing. Well, for me, they're exact opposites. They're poles apart. Let me explain. Um, a picture in the Bible, a story we're all familiar with, Jesus in, in the boat, in the storm... He was asleep. The disciples were thrashing around at the other end trying to save themselves. Luckily, they had the sense to call Jesus when they couldn't. But all religions, apart from Christianity, is about saving yourself. Even Martin Luther, before he realised that the gospel was the free gift of God's grace, tried to please God and couldn't. He used to walk up steps on his knees. He was whipped. And it was only when he found the gospel that his whole life changed. Um, so how do I... Look, we're all involved in religious activities. You're sitting here in church. That is a religious activity. You come into the church. We have communion, baptisms, whatever else. They are religious activities. But within those, there is opportunity to meet Jesus. Now, whether you do or not is up to you. That's your response to what you hear and see in the church. You can meet Jesus. That's the point of worship. And if we don't, then we're really wasting our time. Let me tell you about someone I've admired through history, and that's Mahatma Gandhi. It's sad, I, I respected him so much because of what he did to gain independence for India, but it saddened me that he was a Hindu and then obviously didn't know Jesus. But then I found out that he carried a New Testament around with him. Wow, that just thrilled me to the core. But then I heard him say, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. And I wondered why he said that. Well, it so happened that a Christian friend invited him to church one day, so they, you know, got to the door, but they wouldn't let him in. See, that's religion. Jesus would have opened, welcomed him with open arms. Why didn't they let him in? 
He was wearing a loincloth. You can't wear a loincloth to church, apparently. I remember years ago when hush puppies were in fashion, I put the hush puppies on and my brother said, you can't wear hush puppies to church. Um, so, as I said, it, it's all about Jesus. And the thing is, I really love you to get to know Jesus more and more and you'll find him in the Gospels. Two examples. The woman caught in adultery by law, by religion, Jesus had every right to throw the first stone. Now, according to Jewish law, you had to have two witnesses to carry out the death penalty. But when Jesus said, whoever has not sinned, at least they knew that, whoever has not sinned, and they all left. And then Jesus said, I do not condemn you. But you see, then he said, go and sin no more. Leave your life of sin. And it occurs to me that when you really get to know Jesus, you, you do really want to leave your life of sin. Think of Zacchaeus. He was a mongrel. He, he was a tax collector. Everybody hated him. He was actually unclean in Jewish eyes. And yet, for some reason, he wanted to find out about this Jesus. Jesus didn't say to him, look, you, you smarten up. You stop cheating and just you know, do the right thing, then, no, he said, come down. I'd like to have a feed with you tonight. Come to meet and eat. Don't, you know, but what the effect that had on Zacchaeus was life-changing. He became a follower of Jesus and left his life of sin. We, we said at the first service we're probably going to rename meet and eat the Zacchaeus ministry. <laughs> it's where we invite people to come and meet and eat and meet Jesus. Meet each other, eat and meet Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's what you're doing. So, um, yeah. Um, I was just going to say, Peter, how can we participate in your ministry? You've got two ministries. Maybe I could learn to play golf, but that would be disastrous, I think. Um, but how can we participate in in supporting you in meet and eat. We can't all come along, although you'd like us to, I believe, well, is that right? can I... When I first started cooking for them, I was, I was always worried we wouldn't have enough food, and so I remember Anthea, Courtney and I had an interview here similar to this, and she said, well, can anybody come? And I said, well, if you've been playing golf all day and a bit tired, you thought, oh, well, let's not cook, let's just go. I said, maybe not because I was worried that there wouldn't be enough food for our guests. But now, I'm not worried about that. The, the provision that we get from Pathway and the church itself is, is amazing, and we've never run out of food. So please, you can support us by coming along. Coming along and having a feed. Sit with our guests. They're not all the sort of people that you would normally associate with. But why should that be a problem? Um, you know, we always say pray. Yes, we should pray without ceasing about all sorts of things. And because I know that this ministry is Father's ministry, I live in that assurance that it's His will that we keep going. 
and that's very important to me. Uh, so, you know, please come along and hear Chris play. He's got an amazing gift, not only play and sing, but to get people up who, who, would, who may stutter or shy, shy, and when they get up, you, you wouldn't know it. They sing and they don't want to stop. So it's a wonderful thing. So the other thing you can do is the team, there's, there, if you don't know them, just ask the person, are you involved in Meet and Eat? And then encourage them, mm. support them in any way you can, pray for them as, as Peter said, we certainly need to do that. Um, and I think we'll pray for you now, Peter, and mm -hmm. the team. And if you could all join us, please, as we pray for them. And then Peter's got a song now that we're going to show you a video clip song. Uh, can you explain why this song is important to you? When I was a child, I wanted to be Superman. And I thought I would be. I thought I could fly if I only climbed that huge gum tree on our farm. There was a, a branch about 10 feet off the ground. And I thought if I climb that and jump off that, I probably should be able to fly. Well, I never quite believed it's strong enough to do it. A bit like believing that a good diet is the right thing, but how many <laughs> follow that to the law? Anyway, that's another story. Um, often I've known in the past, if I like, I like a song, because the music, the melody, the tune is wonderful, and I don't always listen to the words. But I really invite you to listen to the lyrics, because for me it's... It's just got a wonderful message about what it means to be a Christian and the commitment that we should have. Okay, so let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you for the prompting that you gave to Ros and Barry 14 years ago and that you've also then prompted other people like Peter to, to step up to serve you in this ministry and to feed the people, not just with food, but with being part of a family, being part of your kingdom, being part of your people, but also with your word, and then you cover them with prayer. Father, we thank you for Peter, especially for the gift that you've given him of, of being able to cook, but not just cook. It's more a gastronomic delight when he cooks. So we thank you for him. We ask that you bless him. We thank you, Lord, for the provision of of the food and, and entertainment, good people who come and sit with others and talk about you and talk about just talk about their lives. We ask that you bless Peter and all of the team and meet neat. Father, we ask that this ministry would go from strength to strength, but most of all, Father, we, we pray that every person that comes to meet and eat will get to know Jesus personally. So bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we go to these...